what I really love about podcasting that I feel like not a lot of other mediums offer is that yeah. like people that listen to podcasts actually want your authentic self, right? So it's a place yeah, that you good. can be extremely you because listeners actually attract to that more than you being corporate and, you know, so politically correct, right? So it is a place where you can be extremely you. And it actually is a place where a lot of introverts, you know, are able to find themselves and enjoy putting content out there where in other outlets, Mm -hmm. it may not be as easy for them. All right, lovely people, welcome back to another very exciting episode of Marketing Reimagined, the podcast where we delve into the minds of marketing mavericks and experts to bring you actionable strategies and out-of-the-box thinking that help you stand your business out across the crowded marketplace. Today, we're incredibly privileged to have a real trailblazer in the podcasting space with us. Her name is Nicole Walker. And since launching her award-winning podcast, Winners United, all the way back in 2018, Nicole has catapulted to the top 5% of podcasters out there, and she's really redefined and shifted the podcasting landscape in general. As an international speaker and a 2020 top influencer, Nicole's voice resonates with listeners globally. She also has a very unique expertise in podcasting and sponsorship acquisition strategies. So today is sure to be value packed for all of you marketers and podcasters and entrepreneurs alike. Without further ado, Nicole, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, and you, Carl? I'm fantastic. It's awesome to be speaking with you. I've been looking forward to this one because from what I've seen following your work from afar, you're a real practitioner. And as I was just joking with you offline before we started recording, you've been in this space for a number of years and I can't tell you how many people, Nicole, I've seen jump into this podcasting space because it's never been easier to get behind a microphone or a camera only to find themselves, you know, crashing and burning six or seven episodes down the freeway, so to speak. So before we really get into all the podcasting knowledge that you had that we're really excited to unpack, I want to kind of go back to where you were prior to podcasting and what even attracted you to the space, to the medium, and and where you got the concept for your podcast from, if you don't mind sharing that with the listenership. Okay, so that story can be long, so I'll try to condense it as much as possible, right? So prior to podcasting, and I would say maybe almost a year prior, right? Like I had graduated with my MBA, and when I decided to go and get my MBA, I said I was going to take entrepreneurship seriously. I felt like an MBA would give me more credibility, you know, and I had got my MBA and it was almost a year later and I wasn't doing anything with it. Right. So I actually relocated from New Jersey down to Florida and it's like, OK, Nicole, no excuses. Take yourself, take business seriously and make something happen. And as a result of me deciding to do that, when I got down here into Florida, I went to a lot of different business events, conferences, and things like that, and just was networking with people, talking to people. And fun fact, when I did that, I was going to start a scrapbooking business because I love to scrapbook, you know? But as I was out and talking to these people, like when I said scrapbooking, I don't know, it's just something about it that just didn't feel as good as I thought it would feel, even though I love to scrapbook, (laughs) right? 
Yeah. It was. It just yeah. wasn't. Just it. because like, we love it doesn't mean we need a business around it. Right. <laughs> that's not it. Right. So as a result of me going to these events, I decided to hire a business coach, and I ended up hiring a business coach that actually knew me from my teen years. And when I told him, I'm like, "Yeah, scrapbooking. This is what we're gonna do." He's like, "No, we're not. I see you on stages. I see you in front of women. I see you working with women of color." And it was his suggestion for me to start a podcast. So prior to him suggesting that I start a podcast, let's say maybe a month before someone else at a business event mentioned the podcast to me, but I had not listened to a podcast, did not know what a podcast was, like totally in the dark about podcasting, right? And I just decided to indulge his suggestion, right? Like, okay, I hired you. You know more than me in this thing, right? And I'm going to take your advice and do the thing. And that's where it began. I did take a step back during my planning process because speaking to what you said, as far as people jumping in, doing five, six, seven episodes and jumping back out, podcasting takes a lot of work. There's a lot of moving parts and pieces, you know, and once I found that out, I was like, well, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. This was your suggestion. It wasn't mine. Scrap that. But then I went to a podcasting 101 session, just got some encouragement from the person teaching that and literally hit the ground running with podcasting. That's that's pretty dope. It reminds me a lot of my journey, actually. I, I too, came to podcasting having no idea what the little purple icon was and that you could just like be a fly in the wall listening to people's conversations. I actually, in like 2017, 18, somewhere in there, was working on launching an e-commerce brand. And my mentor was like, hey, listen, if you're going to do this, what's going to help you separate yourself from the rest is publishing. So you can do that through written, through voice audio, or through video. And I just, for whatever reason, chose podcasts. So that is so interesting. And, and here you are, Nicole. Here you are. Right. All these years later. <laughs> so talk to us about like, like the early days, because I love what you said there, right? Like, I mean, first of all, I, I think you're an extremely coachable person and, and I'm just getting to know you, but you being willing to actually like listen to that advice and then hop in and then recognize, oh, wow, it's a lot of work. Like, what were you doing? How did you persevere? How did you persevere with the medium? Yeah, so the first thing that was actually a saving grace was to batch record. Right. So I tell people, you know, like I've also done a stint with podcast coaching and helping people who are aspiring podcasters become podcasters. And I preach from the mountaintops to batch record because you have your content there ready and waiting and then you can put it out to the world when you're ready to put it out to the world. Right. And I would say for me, like project management is my background. I have a bachelor's in computer science. My master's is in business administration, but I've been in the project management world for over 20 years, right? So understanding project management, understanding how to take a thing from the beginning to the end is definitely a saving grace that I have. And then also I'm very much of a whatever it takes kind of person, right? So I don't like to just quit and leave things hanging, right? So those are some of the things that kind of helped me to make sure that I finished this thing I decided to start, right? But yeah. um, it does take a lot of organization, right? Like it takes actually determining 
you know, who you, for me, I have an interview style podcast, right? So who do I want to interview? You know, deciding what questions I want to ask them, hiring out. So I would say outsourcing is a big thing because of all the moving parts and pieces, right? So initially I hired out my graphic design, right? So finding someone to do that. Initially I hired out my editing, which is a big thing that a lot of people get hung up on in relation to podcasting, right? So if that's not your spiel, you know, hire someone else to do it, right? And then just coming up with the schedule, actually sticking to that schedule and being consistent. I think consistency is the major, major, major key in relation to podcasting. And a lot of people don't come up with a schedule, put a podcast out here or there, wonder why no one's listening, you know, and people are not in it. But as a high level, you know, I would say that those are some of the fundamental things to get started and keep going. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that consistency piece is, is really imperative, especially when you're just beginning and you don't quite yet have all of the attention from the audience that you're going after. You sort of need to give, 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 give in order to actually get that attention that then turns to subscribers and, and all the fun stuff, which really leads me to my next question. Fact. Can I add huh? a fun fact right quick? Can I please, add a fun fact? Please, well, please I'll add a little fun fact. <laughs> So like when I first started, you know, like I'm out of the blue, like no one knew me. Right. And I'm starting this podcast. Yeah. So like I hired somebody to curate a list of women of color entrepreneurs that I wanted to reach out to. Right. So they curated this amazing list. You know, I started reaching out crickets. Right. Because, of course, you know, like these are people that was in like Essence magazine and, you know, all of these different lists of top 100, you know, women of color entrepreneurs and crickets, right? So what I actually decided to do was, well, another, my coach told me to join a group on Facebook for black speakers, right? So I had joined that group already. So I decided to put a post in that black speakers group. And that's actually where my list of I had 18 people that was in my first season, but that list came from me putting that post up in that group, you know, and generating people from social media. Mm -hmm. And then seasons forward, some of those same people that were on my original list actually came back and reached out to me. So just wanted to throw that out there. Too. Amazing. That's exactly where I was going to take things. It's like when you're beginning, because you don't really have that quote unquote credibility yet or, or that brand awareness, you know, it's easy for folks to overlook you. And it's not to say that what you're aspiring to do doesn't have value, right? But it's just they don't know you yet. So that's actually a really interesting strategy that you implemented there. You know, leverage Facebook groups, leverage sort of communities where there is a, a common thread or a shared perspective to where the podcast despite it being new, can now be seen as a value add to share what folks are already passionate about. That's kind of what I'm hearing there. What are some Definitely. other strategies? What are some other strategies? I mean, you've been doing this a long time, you know, that any new businesses or business owners can keep in mind when thinking about podcasting for success, especially from a professional perspective. Yeah. So other strategies, and I'll just go off into, you know, like not necessarily getting speakers, but just like building your credibility or using a podcast to generate clients, you know, is that idea of thought leadership, right? Like this is your opportunity to show people what you know, right? So using your podcast as a platform to talk about whatever industry that you're in. 
You know, so if you're in the beauty industry, you could create a podcast around beauty where you maybe dissect a person's look or something to that effect, whatever it is that actually relates to what you're doing. Right. I've even seen coaches that will have other people on their podcast and they're taking them through a coaching session live on their podcast that can show other clients how they coach, you know, and some of their success. Right. So that's a great way, you know, to achieve success in relation to podcasting. Let me think what else I would say always getting the word out there, right? Because a lot of times people, when they introduce themselves, sometimes people forget to say, hey, I have a podcast, you know? And it's very simple, like adding that to your introduction of this is who I am. I also have a podcast, you know, like that simple thing is very, very important, right? Even adding the fact that you have a podcast to like your signature and your email, you know, like all of these different places that really let people know who you are and what you do. Because I'm a big proponent of credibility and building your credibility, right? So another way that I tell people to get success in relation to podcasting is to brag, so to say. And I think bragging kind of has such a bad connotation and it actually shouldn't, right? So I'm totally into data, right? So I love data and I actually like do different talks about using the data in your podcast to leverage yourself, you know, to get more listeners, to get speaking engagements, to get all kinds of things like that, right? And that could look like talking about how many countries your podcast has been listened to because we all know like a lot of people, they follow the trends as opposed to being the early adopters, right? So if you let people know there are trends to follow, you know, that could increase the likelihood of someone actually wanting to listen to your podcast, of them telling other people about your podcast. So that's a great way to, you know, get numbers and then increase yep. success. Right. Yeah. And it's all kind of like I could go down a whole rabbit hole in relation to the data. Right. But I would also say in relation to podcast success, that it's really individual. Right. Because a person will compare themselves to a podcaster that may have been podcasting for a long time, you know, or, you know, had this huge community prior to becoming a podcaster where, okay, they've hit a million downloads, you know, and, and comparing yourself to that and you're nowhere near that. It can seem like you're not successful in relation to podcast. But I am very, I wholeheartedly believe that you should set your own goals in relation to podcasting. So I'll give you a prime example. Like as a new podcaster, I came out and, you know, no one knew me, right? So I set a goal of wanting to get a thousand downloads for my first season. And I actually ended the first season with a thousand and one downloads, you know, now to some people. Get out of here. Love it. That's amazing. What? You know, that's success. And not only is it success, it's actually exceeding the goal that I made, right? And, you know, I think that success is very individual and it's what you decide or it should be what you decide you want it to be. That way, you know, you have concrete things to work towards and you do what you have to do to work toward it. That's incredible. I mean, I think what I'm taking from what you just shared there you put it so well is that this podcast is really a digital asset that can help you leverage your ability to connect with people. You know, you can only meet so many people in the day. You can only have so many one-on-one calls or even small group calls without just being totally exhausted. But if you follow some of what Nicole is saying, you, you got the podcast on all your socials, you got it in the signature line, you never know how people like to actually consume content, right? And I think the cool thing about podcasting is that it is so versatile. You, 
can be doing multiple things as you're listening. It's so easy to pick up and put down. It's a more empathetic way, is the way I like to sort of position it. It's a very empathetic way to feed people just a little bit about who you are and allow them to determine for themselves if they want to go further. So people often ask me this question. I'm curious to hear your take, Nicole. So should every business have a podcast? Should every entrepreneur have a podcast? What do you think? I mean, personally, I say yes, because I love podcasting, right? But yes, only if you actually have the time to put into it and to actually nurture it, right? Because podcasting takes you places that your business may not, you know, like actually, yeah, your business, like some places where you may not get to go, you know, like I've been listened to in over half of the countries in the world, you know, like prior to podcasting, half of the countries in the world knew nothing about Nicole Walker or listened to my voice, right? So I say yes, but I'm one of those optimistic people like, you know, go for it. Why not? You know, it's another way to reach an entirely different community of people. It may be people that, you know, you're not connected with via social media, people that are not on your email marketing list, people that you might not meet when you attend a networking event, right, that need the content that you're putting out into the world. Yeah. What do you say? Well, right? no, I, I want to know what your take is. <laughs> I go back and forth. I I don't ever want to be the person that is drinking the Kool-Aid so much that I lose sight of some of the real limiting barriers or some of the real, I guess you could say, challenges, right, that are unique to another person's situation. So I always tell people, hey, like, listen, the medium has incredible intrinsic value for many of the reasons that we've just discussed here in the last 15 minutes alone. But I can't tell you that it's something you need to do. You know, maybe you need to go and be a writer. Maybe you need to go out and mess a video. You know, maybe you need to go out and do some, some speaking and ultimately find yourself in a position to where it could make sense. But here are the reasons why we've seen it really increase brand equity for so many companies and entrepreneurs that have dug in. And if those resonate with you, then yeah, maybe it's something you ought to take a look at. And if that's the case, holla at your boy. I can help you out. But uh, <laughs> that's just my approach. Because like, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't want it to be like, oh, here comes Carl. He's gonna pitch me why I should have a podcast again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right. But, and you but know what? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. What's that? No, I just wanted to add to like what I really love about podcasting that I feel like not a lot of other mediums offer is that yeah. like. People that listen to podcasts actually want your authentic self, right? So it's a place yeah, that you true. can be extremely you because listeners actually attract to that more, yeah. you know, than you being corporate and, you know, so politically correct, right? So right. it is a place where you can be extremely you. And it actually is a place where a lot of introverts, you know, are able to find themselves and enjoy putting content out there where in other outlets, mm -hmm. it may not be as easy for them. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people that listen go like, wow, I feel like I know this person. And that's what keeps me coming back, you know? And it is very intimate in that, I mean, you literally are a voice in somebody else's ear. So if right. you're a person that is very passionate about the solutions that your products or your services bring to the marketplace, and you feel a special responsibility to help people understand how your solutions can create that transformation they're looking for, 
why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you consider something like this in order to have that intimate one-to-one touch where you can't physically be in front of somebody? So, right. you know, we'll, we'll leave it at that and, and let folks kind of make up for themselves if this is something they want to explore. But I want to talk about your podcast. So Winners United, you briefly touched on, you know, having, I guess you said, a passion of, about highlighting, you know, black and brown female voices in entrepreneurship. Tell us a little bit more about the podcast and where you're taking it currently. Yeah, so When Hers United is where I interview women of color entrepreneurs, and we are based on four pillars, which are business, mindset, personal development, and self-care. And we focus on those four pillars because I believe that they are truly the components that are needed to live a holistic life. You know, a lot of times people, especially women, we often forget about the self-care part, right? So it's giving you that information to be a successful business person, a successful human period, you know, but also be good to yourself, right? And it also focuses a lot on mindset because mindset is a lot of the journey in relation to entrepreneurship. Like, It's amazing, you know, the mindset hurdles that you have to get over to show up as your best self every single day. Right. And I chose to interview women of color entrepreneurs, number one, because I wanted to get into entrepreneurship. So I'm like, hey, this is a direct seat, you know, to get some of the information that I need. And I also chose to interview women of color because it really bothered me that when a person thinks of a leader, they think of a white male. And I wanted to change the face of what leadership looks like because, you know, brown and black and brown people lead every day. You know, women lead every day, whether we're leading our households and other places, you know, and just to change the narrative and change the mindset around that. And also to help people understand various leadership principles and the fact that, you know, like you lead yourself every day. So you are a leader. Like a lot of people, like my first couple of seasons, I would ask the same questions. And one of the questions was, do you consider yourself a leader? Why or why not? And it was amazing. Like some people did, some people didn't. Right. But it's like, we have to get up every day. We have to make decisions every day. Like we're leading ourselves. We could be leading ourselves in the right direction or the wrong direction, but either way, it's still some leadership that's happening in those moments. Right. So Those were all of the reasons that I decided to start my podcast and it actually came off of me just going through a lot of dark times in my life and leading Mm. myself down the wrong path and realizing that I had the opportunity to change all of that around and take myself down a better path, right? So my podcast has a, I would say it saved my life. It saved my life in a lot of ways. It saved my life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And then it's That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. You know, that is, yeah, I, I really appreciate you for sharing that because it's not the first time I've heard that, that podcasting has kind of been the springboard out of a very difficult and trying season. It's very therapeutic. I mean, you are basically opening up and using your voice to process things that you've been experiencing, right? And, and so that really requires... A lot of you having done the work, being able to integrate the work, taking action now, finding yourself in a place of wisdom to where you can share from the microphone. And so there's a lot of reliving and a lot of, you know, paths of progression that are created as you are ultimately creating this content. And I just find it so beautiful that 
you were able to like pull yourself out of that difficult spot. And now you're in a space where it sounds like you're taking your previous tests and you're turning those into testimonies. So like, that's amazing. I actually have a couple of people in my life that I want to share that podcast with that are females of color because that's just spot on. But let me shift. I'm kind of fanboying you right now. I, I want to shift it to help the audience. <laughs> Wait, so I want to answer though and, your um, second part as far as where we're going. So yes, 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 yes. So where we're actually going, it's so funny because I'm actually in a transitional space in my life right now, right? So you know, I started the yeah. podcast, and when I started the podcast, I actually also wanted to start like a leadership development company. And I did all of the behind the scenes things to do that, but I never really put any effort into getting any clients and things like that. Right. So that fell flat. And then a year into podcasting, I started to coach people to become a podcaster and that did decent. And then a year later, I shifted into podcast acquisition and helping other podcasters get sponsorship as well as helping business owners get sponsorships for their events. So as a result of the success of yeah. my sponsorship acquisition, I'm sort of like, hey, do I want to continue podcasting? Don't I want to continue podcasting? It's still in the air, right? But I have been toying around with bringing back some of my old guests as a where are they now, right? Because anyone in this entrepreneurial world, you know, like yesterday you could have been selling lemons, you know, today you have a beauty supply store, right? So, you know, I'm like, okay, it's been five years, yeah. right? Like some of these women are doing totally different things than they were doing five years ago. Yeah. They've learned such valuable lessons that I believe the audience would appreciate that, you know, they could come back and share, right? Because I was very adamant right. about not bringing back any of the same guests. So I've interviewed over 160 different women of color to date, right? But now it's like, okay, Nicole, you can bring some people back and let them or give you and the audience some of their lessons learned since the last time you spoke to them. So that's to be determined. That's something that I'm toying around with. I haven't Ooh. put everything into motion for it, but I am in a place where I'm kind of giving yeah. myself permission to you know, it's been five years, Nicole, it's okay to let this thing go if that's where you are right now. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think that honestly speaks to the evolution of the medium. You know, uh, people that are considering it think that we take a lot of clients through a whole brand strategy, content development piece, you know, so that they can kind of I guess you could say um, distinguish what they're looking to do versus all the other podcasts out there. And I think oftentimes there is this false thinking that like the way I start is what I got to be married to forever. Right. And I always try to tell people like, no, it's a podcast. It's meant to be fluid. It's meant to grow as you grow, as you shift, right? I mean, you get new skills. The network opens up. All of that can sort of uh, be leveraged and shared on the podcast. So, so that's really cool that you share that piece of it. The other thing too is have you considered, this just kind of came to my mind, you know, uh, where are they now, right? So, like, have you considered maybe some sort of, like, a, a virtual conference where maybe you bring these women back and you ask them some of the same questions relative to maybe what they've learned? And maybe you can do, like, a mashup or a compilation episode of sorts that is value-packed. It, it's maybe not a full-length episode, but it also still accomplishes that sort of timeline 
and that progression that they've been right. On. I love that. Right. So that is actually something that, you know, sometimes when your story's so long, you forget some of the pieces. Right. So one of the things that I actually did, because during my podcasting journey, I had to rebrand due to copyright infringement things, right? So somebody came after me, then I had to change the name, right? So what I did to celebrate that was I had a virtual summit. And in that virtual summit, I brought back, I think it was like 28 speakers from the podcast, and they talked to those that attended on various topics as far as business mindset, personal development, and self-care. So it wasn't necessarily asking them where they are, but it was more focused because during one episode, we cover all four of those pillars. But during the summit, whichever speaker was speaking on that one pillar individually, right? So that was really cool. I had two of those this year. I was just like, I don't think I'm doing it again. So I haven't done one this year, right? We'll see what happens in the future. But as far as a mashup episode, I actually, last year I went to New York. I was invited to New York Fashion Week and I interviewed a few people like on site and some people virtually later on. And I did a mashup in episode of the interviews I did with them. So I actually really love that. And that is an idea that I've been toying with in relation to how I want to put out this next season of where are they now? So I'm so glad you said that. Ooh, that that, that could be God. Right. Listen, I receive, I receive. Let that seed. (laughs) I want to go back to the sponsorship acquisition because this is a hot topic. This is, you know, for those of you listening, basically how your podcast can generate real money, you know, how it can be profitable and not just be an expensive hobby or a time suck. So can you just share a little bit about sponsorship acquisition? You know, what can podcasters be keeping in mind around when is a good time to go after sponsors? Who are the right sponsors? And what sponsors are even looking for? Because I I know that this year alone, the sponsor, sorry, the advertising market for podcasting is set to hit $2.25 billion. So that's a lot of money coming in this medium. So how do folks... How do folks get theirs? Yeah. So the clients that I work with actually use value-based pricing as opposed to the CPM model, which I don't remember what CPM stands for, right? But that's basically you have to have like 10,000 downloads per episode or per month or whatever the numbers is. And I think they pay you like $25 per thousand or something to that effect, right? Like I don't know that because that's not what I focus on. So I focus on the value-based model. And with that value-based model, it's a podcaster looking at their entire ecosystem and not just their podcast, right? So it's like, okay, what kind of podcasting numbers do you have? What kind of social media numbers do you have? What kind of email marketing numbers do you have? You know, and taking your entire collective community and creating packages that touch all of those different angles, you know, which goes deeper than just touching your podcast and presenting that to potential sponsors at a higher price than the CPM model, you know? And I think it's also, it's very smart, so to say, especially for niche podcasters, right? Because a lot of times you, you can have a market that a lot of businesses want to get in front of. You know, for instance, I have women of color entrepreneurs, some people like, let's say, I don't know, some niche. Oh, I know someone that has a stitching. She talks, she's a black woman. So it's called black women's stitch. I hope I'm saying the name right. But, you know, like black women who sew, you know, like that's a very specific and niche audience that not everyone has. Right. So this person may not have the 10 20, 30 million downloads. Right. But they have this very specific audience that 
businesses want to get in front of. And I think that that's very important. So I would say initially is taking a step back. It's number one, very much knowing your customer avatar and who your people are, you know, so that you can. How do you do that though? Because like, you know, the pushback I get sometimes is unlike social media where you can see people's profiles, you know, analytics and all this. You don't really have that level of visibility with podcasts. And obviously we know that through your hosting provider, you can track listenership and, you know, where are people listening, how long, that sort of thing. But have you actually gotten clarity on the, on that avatar? Well, personally, it's who I choose that I'm speaking to, right? Because, you know, like I'm putting content out there for women of color entrepreneurs, right? So I know that the people that are listening are aspiring entrepreneurs and they're also, you know, current entrepreneurs, right? So it's me shaping who I want my people to be myself, right? But I will say another way to actually get more data is to survey your people, right? So creating that survey, actually mentioning it during your podcast, throwing it into your show notes, right? And that could be a way to like exactly know, Right. But I don't have the formula for the exact. Right. So I'm not going to pretend I do. But, you know, I base it on who who are you targeting? You know, like who are you targeting? Like you get to determine who your people are, you know, and for the most part, if the kind of content you're putting out is towards those people, then those are your people. That's the way I look at it. So it's it's not a uh, no, completely solid. No, it's very solid. And I think it goes back to taking the time on the front end to really think critically about, you know, the avatar and who that person is, what they're struggling with, where they're currently consuming content, you know, what gaps the current sources that they're getting content from might have that you can close. And again, really leveraging that empathy to build that, to build that, that fan base with that specific person over time. So that makes sense to me. And then in terms of actually finding the sponsor, so in your experience, you know, are you leveraging platforms or tools that help you get in front of these sponsors or are you, because you're very clear on who the avatar is, then being able to go out to the types of companies right. that, you know, are made known to you? that might have interest in terms of getting in front of those Right. Groups. So I have this whole process as far as getting in front of the people, but I'll take it first step. As far as company identification, of course, it goes along with, you know, what companies want to get in front of the people, right? So some of the business owners that I assist, like they have like a conference that's for podcasters, specifically black podcasters, right? So in that instance, I'm reaching out to podcasting companies, whether that's podcasting software, podcasting hardware, you know, those are some of the specifics. And recently we have branched out into, you know, other kind of companies, right? And so a few of my other clients, they're LGBTQ, right? So then one of them is specifically LGBTQ parents, Right. So then it's, you know, easy to reach out to fertility companies or baby companies, meal prep, you know, things that relate to parents. And then also identifying companies that target LGBTQ communities. Right. So really knowing your client, knowing your podcast and then, okay, who wants to get in front of this particular audience and then honing in on that. Right. Another 
approach that I've taken in relation to some of my clients is like a lot of it is DE&I, right? So, okay, I could reach out to the marketing person or I could go a little further and actually reach out to the DE&I person, you know, because this is a, a DE&I effort, right? So it's a little toying around. And so once I actually identify the company, then it's a step into identifying who is the key person to reach out to, right? Because I don't want to reach out to the gatekeepers because I don't want the runaround, right? Like I want to get to the decision makers so that I can then get to the yes or the no, you know, which hopefully is the yes. And then that means I'm getting to the money, right? So in relation to doing that, I utilize LinkedIn to try to find the different people that may be in marketing, the people that may be in partnerships, the people that may be in growth. Like it's all, it's a few different titles that I look for, for the people that I directly want to reach out to. Then I utilize different websites like hunter.io, which is a website that you can utilize to get people's email addresses. And then I get their email address and then I pitch, right? Sometimes it's right, sometimes it's wrong. And then I have very much investigative skills. Like I've, it's been something that's in me. Pick it up on that, Nicole. For the long oh haul, God, right? Man. So I even will go as far as, you know, let's say the email address that I reached out to didn't work. Then it's a trial and error, right? To where I'll Google and look for, well, what format does this company usually have their email address in, right? So then I have the person's name. So then I might play with those different formats to see which one actually works and which one doesn't, right? So various different ways, but, you know, it starts with identifying what companies want to get in front of my people, even what companies do I want to get in front of, right? Because maybe you don't know if they want to get in front of your people, but you want a sponsorship from this company, reach out to them. It's a yes or a no. And I think a lot of times people are hesitant to that no, but you're going to have to get comfortable with hearing some no's if you want to get to those yeses, you know, especially in relation to people giving you money, right? So identifying those companies, finding those people. And I suggest reaching out to people that are decision makers, like I said, in marketing, partnership, growth. And those are, you know, like three high level departments, right? I usually look for managers, directors, you know, those kind of titles and then finding their email. I love it. I love it. Got some ninja detective skills. We didn't have that in the bio. I know. I need to update that. Listen, I, I love the, the way you describe me, though. I'm like, listen, I'm about to take Carl, the Carl description and change my bio up. His, his was better. His was better. <laughs> well, Nicole, this has been so good. You know, podcasting, I've been involved with it now five years. I've seen it grow quite considerably. I mean, to the point where you're seeing really big media companies spin up around IP, original content. You're seeing fortune 50 and 100 companies using podcast you know what i mean like it's just ever evolving and quite frankly it's because that's where attention is right now i mean i just saw a recent white paper that iHeartRadio did that 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 displays that there are now 89 million weekly users or listeners of podcasts compared to just 67 million people that have here in America specifically that have a, an active Netflix account. Mm. So like podcasting has now surpassed Netflix and we all know how successful Netflix was. So I'm just curious, you know, my last question here, what are some emerging trends or, or even predictions that you make or that you are already sort of observing and seeing unfold with the medium of podcast? Right. So I just want to piggyback off of what you said, because when I talk to people about 
podcasting and the value in doing so, I talk about how people like to binge. So I think it's amazing that you mentioned Netflix because podcasting gives people that ability to binge content, you know, because it's there and available for them to listen on their own terms. People like stuff on their own terms, right? So as far as trends, one of the things that I've noticed that I really like that's happening is people are putting out like limited series, you know, whereby like when I first started the podcast, to me, it was like, okay, start and continue on into the abyss, right? But now it's like, no, like I'm doing specifically six episodes, seven, eight, whatever that particular number is. And it's on this one particular topic, right? And that could actually be a very unique way to get sponsorships, you know, if that particular topic actually resonates with that company, right? Like I have Actually, one of my clients created a podcast, which was a limited series on black HIV in the South, you know, so like really going in and digging into some of the, oh, it's, it's amazing. Like the, I can't even go into it. It's amazing as far as the data in relation to that and poverty, but we won't go there. That's, that's a different episode. Right. So, you know, those limited series I think are amazing, you know, and it actually, Going back to Netflix speaks to the trends of, you know, like giving people just that little chunk of a thing, you know, and then also freeing you up as the creator to then be able to continue to go on to other ideas that you may be interested in. Right. So it doesn't get stale. You don't get bored. And it may be something that keeps you going in relation to podcasting. Right. Because I thought it was very interesting that you said people do five six or seven episodes then they're gone right like there's actually statistics around that it's called pod fade where people legit do seven episodes and they fade off into the abyss right so you know i definitely think a limited series is a great way to get your content out there it's a great way to hone into a specific topic and then give yourself the freedom and the liberty to go off into something else right i think because podcasting is becoming more and more increasingly popular, right? Like it's very important for podcasters to pay attention to their sound quality. You know, like people don't want to hear stuff that's popping in their ear and, you know, like just sounding, for lack of a better term, a mess, you know? So really paying attention to that sound quality and being intentional because yes, it is easy to start a podcast, but if you want to grow your audience and keep people engaged and listening, make it easy for them to listen. I think that's super, super important, right? And I think that podcasting is definitely around for the long haul, right? And even like people talk about like the numbers of podcasting and how they're growing. Those numbers in relation to radio are nowhere near, right? So it's this huge gap that podcasting has to be able to fill, Right. So I see the industry continuing to grow strong and to get bigger and better. Right. So that's why I encourage people to jump in, you know, if you're interested. Yeah, exactly. Jump in, start leveraging the medium, start building that that audience. You know, ultimately, that attention is real currency. Right. So, you know what? Nicole, tell folks where. I recently was paying attention to an Edison research study, and they actually recently did a study on Gen Z. And Gen Z 
are really they're really into podcasting and they go into like what they like and what they don't like and all of this stuff right so you know like if your target audience is gen z you know check out edison research's study on the gen z population and podcasting because it'll really give you some good data you know in relation to reaching that market and you know what they like and don't like in relation to it that is an incredible point i'm literally flipping through my notes here because i just I just read that same study and honest, I was so shocked because I, I thought Gen Z was more like TikTok. Right. Exactly. But it really 89% of Gen Z watches podcasts. 89%? Like what? That is insane. 82% of Gen Z listeners have taken action or have expressed intent to purchase after hearing a podcast. Right. So, <laughs> so what you just said, those of you that saw the Gen right, Z, but that's another trend, huh? right? Since we're talking about the trends, like you just said a keyword though, right? Because when a person talks to me and they're like, I watched the podcast and I'm like, Ugh. no one watches podcasts. We listen to podcasts, right? But that's a trend. A trend is actually having video that's associated with your podcast. People also want to see as much as they want to hear. And fun fact, a lot of times they're moving around and they're not really looking, but it's something about also having a video aspect that has shown to be very successful for people that's moving into the podcasting realm. Yeah, when we started, it was largely just audio, but I would say 75 plus percent of our clients are all doing video now because their listeners have expressed just a a deeper connection with having that sort of visual component, you know, being able to like actually see the conversation go down. And and then of course, if you have the video, you can leverage social media, which is a key driver to people going and listening to the audio. Right. And using TikTok. People find a lot of podcasts on TikTok. So that'll be my last trend. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. That's so funny. You mentioned that study. I just read that too. And I was right. So, so there you have it, folks. Nicole, please tell people where they can find Winners United and also stay connected with you in all the places. Yeah, so you can find Winners United at winnersunited.com, right? And from winnersunited.com, you can link out to all my socials, but I'm on Facebook, IG, LinkedIn, as well as Twitter at Winners United. Beautiful. Nicole, definitely keep connected with you. This has been Honestly, it exceeded my expectations and I had pretty high expectations. So I just want to commend you. I want to thank you once more for giving us and the audience here at Mark and Reimagine a little bit of your time and your energy. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. 